0: This does change everything. Jesus is the one that we've been looking for. Is anybody excited about that today? The life that we have in Him. I want to talk today about how he really has changed everything, but before we dive in, I need to welcome everybody. You guys, you're here in Goshen. I'm so glad you're here, but this is just a little bit of our crowd. we got people in St. Pete and Mishawaka and Nashville and online. Let's welcome them as well today. Happy Easter, everyone who's joining us today. We are celebrating the fact that Jesus came to planet Earth. He laid himself down on that cross for us, and that changes everything everything. And I want to encourage you today that the life that you are looking for, the life that you've been searching for, It can be found in Jesus, and I want you to celebrate that life. If you've said yes to Jesus, if you've decided to follow him, I want you to celebrate, think about the journey that you've gone on with Jesus and how he has changed your life, because you have a story. You have an experience and a journey with Jesus that is specific to you. No one can take that experience from you, and I don't want you to forget ever what God has done for you, and I want to take time to lean into that and celebrate that today, because truly, this is the day we celebrate that everything, has been changed. I want to start with a passage of Scripture in John chapter 10. This is one of my favorite passages of Scripture in the Bible with one of my favorite verses. Um, but to give context, you've got to recognize in this passage of Scripture that Jesus refers to himself as the good shepherd, and he calls us his sheep, all right? And in our minds, I think we've seen pictures of that. We've seen the pictures of Jesus with his staff, you know, holding the sheep, you know, there's sheep all around him, and you kind of think to yourself, oh, we're, we're sheep. We're these cute, cuddly, beautiful animals that God just loves and adores, and, you know, that might be true, but what's also true is that sheep are really dumb animals, okay? So before you pat yourself on the back too much, sheep are dumb, all right? Uh, I had a friend who uh, owns some sheep. Uh, he told me years ago that if you have a line of sheep and they're, they're going into like a pen, if you hold a stick in front of the first sheep, that sheep will dr- jump over the stick, right? And if you just step back and pull the stick away, every sheep that follows in the same spot will jump for no reason. They jump only because the sheep in, in front of them jumped in that spot. Sheep are dumb. They follow sheep also can't think for themselves I've heard stories of sheep who were foraging for food and got you know stuck in some sticks or some wood and instead of you know backing out they could have backed out at any time they were just so focused on where they were and could only see the sticks that they they kept charging forward to try to get out and and quite literally spent hours there waiting to be saved because they couldn't figure out oh I just put it in reverse and I can back out of here guys that's us Sheep are dumb, all right? <laughs> it's not a compliment. And so when, when Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd, my sheep know me, they hear my voice, and they follow me, that's significant. What he's, he's saying is, hey, I'm the one you follow. I, I love you. I care about you. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. The good shepherd does everything he can to protect them from the dangers of the world. The wolves and everything that's out to destroy them. He's the good shepherd. And so when he's talking about this, he also talks about this this sheep pen and how there's only one gate into the pen and that's where the the flock of sheep stays safe. It has everything they need. The good pasture, the good food, the place that they can rest. He's saying, hey, I can get you into this place that I've prepared for you, this, this place that there's nothing like. And in speaking to that, he says in John 10, 9, and 10 about this sheep pen. He said, yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. This is significant. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose, the devil, is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. We also see that as life to the full. The life that you're looking for. So what we do is we tend to look for the life that we think we're looking for in all of the wrong places, right? We follow all the messaging that the world tells us and we get distracted. We, it starts you know, with maybe pulling out the cell phone, like oh, checking my, my notification. Oh, I got a couple texts here. Hold on just one second, this is great stuff. Um, we get distracted, right? We get distracted. I just saw a clip <laughs> of a guy who caught a fish and he had his phone in one hand and the fish in the other. Has anyone seen this reel on Facebook? He's on this boat, he's so excited. He's taking a picture like, oh, look at my fish, he's so excited. They're like, all right, throw it back. He's like, okay. And he throws his phone instead of the fish. And <laughs> the, the look of terror on his face is priceless because you can all feel it. Like, I feel this, like, Ugh, uh Well, <laughs> oh, I still have the fish. it's terrible you know your phones become an extension of you did you know that there's actually a thing and I'm I'm just going to be vulnerable and honest with you on this Easter Sunday I have experienced this they call it it's a real thing uh phantom vibration syndrome it's when you feel like your phone buzzed in your pocket (laughs) but nothing actually happens or or you don't even have your phone in your pocket you just feel a buzz you're like well Oh, 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 oh. Does anybody else experience that? Or is it just a- Oh lots of people? Lots of people. I see that hand. I see that hand. Uh, <laughs> what a weird thing, right? We get so distracted. And I'll I'll be real with you. I'm just as guilty as I you know, play Wordle. Yeah, yeah. Play all the little games that we have on our phones, whatever, checking the news, checking the updates, all that stuff. If we're not careful though, we allow that stuff to distract us, right? And all of a sudden we're spending hours just being distracted. We chase down the trail of being amused, and you know, we binge watch as many seasons as we can of our favorite show in 24 solid hours, no sleep. <sighs> I need more Doritos. I, it's that kind of thing. <laughs> we, it's like, what are we doing? And it's not that those things are bad, but let me just be, let's be real. If the devil can't make you bad, I contend with you today. He'll make you busy. And we allow these distractions to distract us from this great and perfect life that God has called us to. And we end up Oh, guys, wasting invaluable time on things that have no eternal value. Can we just, can we think about that for a second? But sometimes we do follow the trail that, that leads to destruction. Sometimes we allow things in our life that we know shouldn't be there. I mean, let's talk about sin, things that we allow in our life that we know God doesn't want to be there. We violate things in our life that we know God doesn't want us to do. And those things always lead to addiction, they always lead to pain, they always lead to brokenness and sorrow. And for whatever reason, We're sheep. We feel like we can control it. I've seen other people be destroyed by these things, but not me. I'm stronger than everybody else. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves walking down a path we never thought we'd go down, a path that took us way farther than we ever thought we would go. And what I'm here to tell you today is Jesus came for us to avoid that. We look for life, this life that we have pictured in all of the wrong places. He's saying, hey, you want the good life? That goes through me. I'm the gate, and I'm not here to be a barrier to that good life. I'm I'm saying, hey, come to me. I will give you this life, which is an amazing thing. I think we also have a misconception of what a gate does, right? I, I remember one time going to visit a friend that lived in a gated community, and I could not get in that subdivision. I did not know the right number to push, so I'm dialing everybody's name. Hey, can I get in? No, leave us alone. I just, you're stuck, right? I just waited for somebody to go in and followed real quick. It was good. I was very, very good. Is that illegal? I apologize if that's illegal. It was a long time ago. I'm sure that it's all expired. It's all good. Um, Gates, though, let me just, again, I'm being vulnerable with you. One of the gates that I despise on this planet are the toll booth gates. I just, I need you to know that. Um, I don't know why, but I feel like I've got this curse that follows me around. It doesn't matter what easy pass I get on the toll road, it always malfunctions. It just, it just does. I'll I'll pull up, and it's supposed to go up. Everybody else's does. Tag accepted. Goes up. I go up. Mine is not. I'm going, Why? Why? I have to push the ticket, take the ticket. And then I know this, they get you. I'm I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I think they get you. Because when you get off the toll route, it it magically works. And I know, I know they just charged me for the whole state of Indiana. I know that they did. (laughs) drives me crazy. That's what I think of when I think of gates. Like, I, I don't like it. But when Jesus says, hey, I'm the gate, what we have to realize, and this is important, is he represents a gate in a wall that was absolutely impenetrable. The only reason there is a gate to the good life is because of the price that he paid first and on the cross. Can anybody get excited about that today? That's what we're celebrating. This changes everything. This changes everything. And I want you to lean into this concept that he is the gate. Man, if we go through him, we are saved. I find the life that I'm looking for. I don't have to battle with all these senseless things that lead me down a path I never wanted to go down that offer empty promises. No, I can choose Jesus and experience life to the fullest. I can realize that if I put my trust in Jesus, I'm not some random accident in the universe. No, I was actually fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm his prized possession, made in the image of God. I am his child. That gives me purpose. I've been made by God. I've been made for God. He has given me gifts and abilities and things to do that he prepared in advance just for me. My life has meaning. My life has purpose. And guess what? My life has a future because I've put my trust in him. I have an eternal destiny. And what I do with this time that God gives me, it it matters. And so I wanna encourage you today, if you're looking for the good life, man, everything that you're looking for is found in Jesus. And he spoke about this. He spoke about this in Matthew 16. We're walking through this passage of scripture uh, for these few weeks that we're going through this series. Because Jesus is talking to his disciples specifically about this. He's just said, hey, this is what's going to happen, you guys. I'm going to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to be crucified. And three days later, I'm going to rise from the dead. And they're going, no, that'll never happen. And, and then you hear the words that you never want to hear. It says, then Jesus went to work on his disciples. Uh-oh, it's about to get painful. Anybody ever been there? Like, oh, this is going to hurt a little. Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Man, that, that is wisdom that we can all learn from. God, it's, it's not about me. It's not about my pride and my selfishness and the way that I want to do things. No, the, the way that God calls us to live is to scoot over and, and let him guide the way. It's, it's not my right anymore. God, whatever you're asking me to do, the answer is yes. That's a game changer. That changes everything. And he's earned the right to sit in that seat. Make no mistake, that's how we get to the good life that he created us for. So he says, you're not in the driver's seat, I am. Don't run from suffering, embrace it which is completely counterintuitive to everything that we think, especially in our culture today. Don't run from suffering. That's all we do in our culture. Get me away from anything uncomfortable. Distract me, amuse me. Don't let me think about any type of suffering. And honestly, I think a lot of times, we overreact to such small things that we think we're suffering when we're not. Like, oh, the wifi's out. Ah! <laughs> that can't be just me. Or my kids, don't you dare look at me with judgmental eyes, that can't be me. The Wi-Fi is out, how will we survive? Or how about this, this will get everybody else who's judging me right now. You say, uh, I could really go for Chick-fil-A today, and you realize it's Sunday. (laughs) And you go, no, they're closed. Some of you still judge. I see it. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for that kazoo, Jason Dean. Okay. (laughs) And in the end, man, God says everything counterintuitive to what we think. He's saying don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Why is that? Because suffering, it, it takes me out of my comfort zone. That's where I grow. And I think we're hesitant to have anything that is difficult. We avoid everything that's difficult when the truth is everything that we are aiming for in life that's worth going after, it's always going to be an uphill battle, uphill dreams. And what we struggle with is our downhill habits. I learned that one from John Maxwell. He's pretty smart when it comes to things like that. We all have uphill dreams, uphill goals, but we have downhill habits. We try to find the life we're looking for in all the wrong places. God's calling us to a better place. And that means that we have to allow ourselves to be stretched, to, to step outside of our comfort zone and take a step of faith. And when it doesn't make sense, when Jesus is saying, hey, I want you to go this way to a place of surrender. I want you to trust me. I want you to obey me. I, I want you to follow me. That's where life is lived to the fullest. It's counterintuitive. It's counterintuitive. I'd like to do things my way. I'd like to try to figure this out. I'm strong enough. I can handle it. I've got this. But that's where life is found, real life, life to the full, life that is filled with hope, life that is filled with joy, life that is filled with peace, a peace that passes all understanding, the peace that everyone is looking for. That's found in a life that follows Jesus. And so he goes on to say, don't run from suffering, embrace it. Follow me, and I'll show you how. He goes on to say, self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is is the way my way to finding yourself your true self what kind of deal is it to get everything you want but lose yourself what could you ever trade your soul for boy it gets serious real fast jesus goes to the heart of of the very essence of who we are he's talking about our very soul and that's not something that we need to be messing around with don't don't waste your time on this earth on things that have no value Make sure you're carving out time to invest in things that have eternal value. What is it that you can gain on this planet that you would trade for your soul? Name one thing. Man, that's what Jesus cares about. That's why he came and he suffered and he died. And I think a lot of times when we think about suffering, we're going, oh, I, I grapple with that. I, let's, let's be real. When we talk about suffering and pain, that's it's a real inhibitor to a lot of people's faith. They're saying, if God loves us so much, why would he allow us to suffer? Why would he allow us to experience pain? Why would he allow people to die? And we forget That Jesus himself, he suffered the greatest kind of suffering. He died a criminal's death. And why did he do that? He did that for us. He laid himself down. He says, No one's taking my life from me. I'm I'm giving it willingly and freely. I'm doing this for you. And you talk about embracing suffering. Jesus led by example. And I want to encourage you today. I don't want to take suffering and pain lightly. If you're going through a valley, I want you to know something today. I don't have the answer to all the questions you're asking right now. I wish I did, but I, I do know this God doesn't waste a hurt. And no matter how dark the valley is, I want you to know that he hasn't left you. He hasn't forsaken you. He's, he's right there with you. And I want you to embrace him today. Continue following him because he's there. He's with you. I just want to encourage you with that today. I don't know if anybody needs to hear that, but I just wanted to say that today. So here's the thing. I think what happens is we lose ourselves when we just embrace this life of pleasure, when we avoid any type of suffering, any type of sacrifice, any type of surrender. We embrace this life of pleasure and we just allow ourselves to be distracted and amused and fill our lives with things that are counterproductive to the life that God has called us to. And we miss out on what God has called us to. That's where we lose ourselves. And I think it's a trap that people have been falling into for thousands of years. I'm... I'm very intrigued. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, I haven't been able to shake this story from Daniel chapter 5. And I wanted to share this today. Because what you see in Daniel chapter 5 is a king who is completely filled with his own pride and arrogance. He has taken over the authority of the whole kingdom of Babylon. And in this setting, he's, he's having a party. He's living life to the fullest. And he's saying, I have done this all on my own. There is no one like me. And he's been living this way for a while. And in Daniel chapter 5, you see this setting. It says, many years later, King Belshazzar gave a great feast for 1,000 of his nobles, and he drank wine with them. While Belshazzar was drinking the wine, he gave orders to bring in the gold and silver cups that his predecessor, Nebuchadnezzar, had taken from the temple in Jerusalem. Now, understand, this is a poke in the eye to God himself. Not only have they raided the temple, the Holy of Holies, this temple of God that was set apart, uh, for, his, for his kingdom, for, for his holiness, uh, they're not only having taken pride in ransacking the temple, but now they're taking all of the cutlery and the cups and everything, and they're using it for their wild party, all right? This does not sit well with God himself. He, he went too far. And so it says, while they drank from them, they praised their idols made of gold, silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. Suddenly, they saw the fingers of a human hand writing on the plaster wall of the king's palace, near the lampstand. The king himself saw the hand as it wrote, and his face turned pale with fright, his knees knocked together in fear, and his legs gave way beneath him. I mean, let's just be real, I think that would be all of us, right? Can you picture this in a moment? I I, I feel like it's in this moment the curtain between the spiritual world and the physical world. It just kind of opens. And it's like the hand of God reaches through time and space and begins writing on the wall. That would be terrifying for any one of us, right? It's not like it's the hand from the Adams family walking around like, oh, that's not it. This is way more serious. This This is a momentous occasion and it's not well. They all recognize we don't know what's happening here, but it's ominous. This is where the phrase, the writing is on the wall, comes from. Like, you, it's about to be over, right? It's almost done. It's almost finished. The writing is on the wall. That's where this comes from. And I think what we, what we do in our lives is we sabotage ourselves because we know, we know what Jesus said. He said, I'm the gate. Anyone who comes through me will be saved. I've come to give you life, a rich and satisfying life, a life to the fullest. The thief, he's coming to steal and kill and destroy. No, not on my watch. I've come that you might have life and life to the fullest. And what do we do? We allow ourselves to be distracted. We allow ourselves to go down paths we were never intended to go down. And we think that we've got it under control. But it always catches up to you. Your time's always going to run out. The writing is on the wall and you don't even know it. And in the meantime, you're missing out on everything that God has in store for you. Can I flip the tables on this for just a second and look at this from another, you know, perspective? How about this? You've been following Jesus for years. You said yes to Jesus 20, 25 years ago. But you're realizing that somewhere along that line, you just got stuck. You got distracted. And you're not really following Jesus the way that you used to. I I love this quote from Babe Ruth. He says, yesterday's home run won't win today's game, all right? Whatever you did in the past, it's in the past. Jesus is looking at you today and saying, hey, are are you following me? Are you giving me everything you've got? Because I gave you everything I've got. And he's watching. He's he's expecting us to live up to to this standard of, hey, uh, follow me. Listen to what I'm saying to you. I'm leading you to this this life that I've made possible for you. And it's a good thing. It's filled with hope, with joy and peace. It's what everybody's looking for. I've got it. Follow me. But we can't rely on what we've done in the past. It's, It's a daily relationship. It's a daily process of saying yes to Jesus over and over and over again. That's the life that he's calling us to. That's life to the fullest. So, I mean, let's go back to Belshazzar. He's in this room. Their hand's writing on the wall. He's terrified, and this is real life. If you want to read Daniel 5 later, he, he actually has his mom come in. It says the queen mother came in, and he's like, mom. No, I, don't, I don't know how that went down, but he, mom, there's a hand on the wall, and she says, hey, go talk to Daniel. He's a man of God. He interprets dreams. He speaks for God himself. And so that's how Daniel arrives on the scene. And this is sobering. Because you talk about the writing on the wall. Here's what Daniel says to him. This is the message that was written. Mene, mene, tekel, and yuparsin. This is what these words mean. This is Daniel speaking to the king. Mene means numbered. God has numbered the days of your reign and has brought it to an end. The writing is on the wall. You've timed out. You can't live this way anymore. You've gone down this path of promoting yourself, walking in pride. You've poked God in the eye and you've been living a life just consumed by pleasure. And your time has run out. Tekel means weighed. You have been weighed on the balances and have not measured up. That is terrifying to me. Being judged by God Himself and being told you've been measured, you've been found wanting. You've you've not been found worthy. Parson means divided. Your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and Persians. And sure enough, that night they're attacked by the Medes and Persians and He loses His kingdom that very night. You talk about the writing on the wall, and I understand where that that comes from and why that means something. It's, It's over. And I've been carrying around for the last couple weeks especially just this this extra burden, this extra responsibility, this, this renewed realization personally that here at Crossroads, when we gather, when we gather to worship, when you're part of this community, when you're part of this family, my responsibility and my goal is to make sure that when you take your last breath on planet Earth, when you find yourself standing before God himself, That you actually hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. I'm trying to help us all go on that journey together so we can all experience that beautiful moment together. Because I believe at the end of time, we're going to be held responsible for two things. What did we do with Jesus? He's the gate. Did you say yes to Jesus? Did your life go through him? And I think we're going to be held accountable for what we did with the gifts that God gave us. Did we fully embrace the life that He called us to? Did we give Him everything that we had? that's gonna be what we stand on. First and foremost, it's the grace of God that allows us into the kingdom of heaven, but we are responsible, we will be held into account for what we did with the gifts that God gave us. And I wanna challenge you today. Man, don't settle for this life that doesn't fulfill, this life that's filled with empty promises. You've got a God who loves you with an extravagant love. He paid a price that we could not pay. So we could experience a life that we could never experience without him. And he's the gate. He's the door and he's holding it open. He's saying, hey, I'm giving you a free gift here. I've I've paid this price because I love you. Not because I had to. But I'm I'm giving you this opportunity to live the life that you've been called for. There's no other life like it. Come on, let's do this. I want to encourage you today to embrace life with Jesus. Don't hold back. Because that's where life is lived to the fullest. That's when you find yourself. When you embrace life with Jesus. I want to read John 10, 9 and 10 one more time. He says, yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I encourage you today, make sure that you have found Jesus. Every week at Crossroads, we end with a chance for people to say yes to Jesus. We do that on purpose, because I don't want anyone to leave here without having the opportunity to have their life radically changed by Jesus. Because when you say yes to Jesus, you guys, that changes everything. You are receiving this extravagant love that he has offered us. You are saying yes to the price that he paid so that you could be forgiven and so that you could be set free. That's where your journey with him begins, when you find Jesus. And so as we close, could we just stand together And Prepare ourselves to say this prayer because I believe there are people here today who for the very first time Need to say yes to jesus you're realizing he's the gate He offers me the life that i've been looking for and I need jesus I'm tired of doing life on my own I'm tired of being hopeless and looking for this hope and the peace and joy that i've been trying to find in all the wrong places I need to say yes to jesus so together As a church family, can we say this prayer out loud and invite those who say it for the very first time to say it with us? Let's say this together. Jesus, I need you. I believe you are the savior of the world, that you gave your life to forgive my sins, and that God raised you from the grave so that I could have eternal life. Thank you for loving me. I am saying yes to you, Jesus. Come into my life. I will follow you. Amen. And can we give him the praise and the glory today? Because he is worthy. He paid the price we could not pay. He loves us with an extravagant love. And in just a moment, we're going to celebrate some lives that have been changed by that love. And I just want to leave you with this challenge today that, man, that journey with Jesus, it begins by saying yes. That's when you find Jesus. And listen, if you said that prayer for the very first time today, we want to celebrate that with you. Pastor Keith is right here. He's waving his hands up real loud. If you said yes to Jesus for the very first time today, when this service is over, come say hi to Keith. He's got a Bible to give you. We want to take these next steps and go on this journey with you. We want to celebrate what God is doing in your life, okay? But that's just the beginning. That life that God is calling us to, that rich and satisfying life, life to the full, man, that happens when I say, Jesus, I will follow you. It's not about me. God, when you speak to me, when you ask me to step out in faith, the answer is yes. When you ask me to to let go of something I've been holding to, God, the answer is yes. Jesus, I will follow you. I say yes to you every single day. And so as we come to a close, would you just bow your heads and close your eyes wherever you're at today? And together, can we just have a moment where As individuals, we talk to Jesus. And if you can just be honest in this moment and say, Jesus, you know, maybe I've allowed myself to be distracted. I'm filling my time with things that, you know, it's not bad, but it's distracting me from you. God, help me to refocus on you today, to say yes to you in that way. Maybe if you're being really honest, you're realizing I've allowed some things in my life that are barriers in my relationship with you, God. It's leading to addiction. It's taking me down a path I don't want to go down. This is a moment where you can repent. You can turn away from that. Ask Jesus to forgive you. Let it go. Turn to Jesus. In this moment, say, Jesus, I follow you. You guys, that's where life is lived to the fullest. Embracing Jesus. Saying yes to him every single day. That's how you live a life that is worthy. When you are weighed, when you are measured, you are found worthy in the sight of God. And he says to you, well done, good and faithful servant. You guys, as a church family, let's commit today. Jesus, we will follow you. God, we thank you today for your, your grace and your mercy and your love. We thank you for paying a price that we could not pay so that we could experience your life, real life, life to the full. God, for all that you've done, the sacrifice that you've made for us. God, we just say thank you and we give you praise. You, you truly are the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Jesus, yours is the name above all names. And we give you that praise and that glory today because you are worthy. We love you. We praise you. And in this moment, Jesus, we, we just declare, God, we will follow you. So bless us, we pray. May we walk in your favor. We pray this in your name. And together we say, amen.